Hey everybody, this is Mark. I run the Veteran Professional. It's a website where I share information with veterans interested in graduate school, entrepreneurship, and professional careers. Today on the episode, first episode ever of the Veteran Semi-Professional, which is a little more laid-back, hair-down version of the website, uh, trying to allow room for people to tell funny stories, kick it, and have a little more generalized conversation. Uh, today's guest is Brendan from The Life of Brendan. YouTube channel. He also has an Instagram page of the same name. And he and I are going to talk about all kinds of stuff. Both of us are starting MBAs this fall, which is pretty exciting. And then he's got a big announcement for a really cool project he's been working on. So excited to talk to Brendan today. Thanks. All right, Brendan, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm, I'm doing well, Mark. How are you? Doing pretty good. I'm uh, testing out a new microphone for the first time and like a good former infantryman. I already almost broke it and then have my my army issued Gerber uh, at the low ready, ready to fix it because that's where that's where I'm at, man. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, that's good. I hope you know my uh, my AirPods are good enough for this. I don't have uh, any fancy microphones. Yeah, this was kind of like a last minute decision. It was like an impulse buy in a way. Uh, as I was like starting this whole podcast thing, I was I went through some like pulling out some hair moments this past week. Like, oh my god, like do I need this? Do I need that? Which service do I use? Blah 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 blah. All that bullshit. And then I found this article that was like, here's the easiest way to do a podcast, which is where I should have just started in the first place, <laughs> and then just followed that, you know their suggestions and it was way easier and they laid it out and bing, bang, boom, here we are. And so facto. Nice. Well, yeah, this is definitely way better than anything I would have come up with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What, what's been, what's been keeping you sane on quarantine, man? Like how you been maintaining yourself as a human being amidst this fucking craziness? You know, I think uh, the key has really been, finding a quarantine routine, you know, being, being a, a military person, I need that structure, I think. So, uh, I think it's been a lot of exercise, a lot of spending time with honestly, like my girlfriend, um, a lot of working on, uh, kind of the YouTube thing, the Instagram thing, uh, the side project thing. Um, and by doing all that, I've definitely been able to stay busy and I really don't feel that affected. You know, I feel like if, if I didn't have much to do, I'd get really bored and you can only look at so many memes. Um, but fortunately no, 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 you can never look at too many memes. <laughs> that might be true. Yeah. I might, I might, uh, I might be wrong on that one, but, uh, yeah. So honestly, I think it, it's been going pretty well. Once I found that new routine, it's, uh, you know, the days are going by. What about you? Yeah, man. Uh, definitely also doing the workout thing. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious for, cause I see you post like your daily workouts every day. Do you have like a, a source that you go to, to get your workouts or are you just kind of making everything up? You know, honestly, um, I've tried to do, I've done, you know, structured plans and everything. Um, and I thought about doing that for kind of the home workout stuff. Uh, but frankly, what I do is I wake up at the same time I go outside and I'm like, what, do I kind of feel like doing it? <laughs> do I, that's do I exactly what I do jog? as well. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. No, there's yeah. Uh, that's, I guess the one spot where there's no structure at all. Yes. Like I, I'm in the same point where the, the, the structure is that I do it every day, but there's not like, you know, periodization or like whatever other crazy scheduling stuff you want to talk about. I like wake up and think, okay, this is how my body's feeling today. Uh, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. I've got a, one of the better purchases I ever made was about a year ago. I got a 50-pound kettlebell, and it's awesome because you can just take it anywhere and work out with it all the time. So I've just been going into the driveway every morning and just kind of getting after it and doing different workouts with that thing. It's been pretty awesome. Yeah, no, that is awesome. This whole thing has made me definitely rethink buying some kind of gym equipment and probably exactly like you, like a 50 pound kettlebell or dumbbell or, or something that you can do so much with. Yeah. I remember when I was first, you know, back in like high school, college, really getting into working out, I would try to, I would want to be like, Oh, to optimize everything. I should do this and I should do back this day and I should do this, this day. And, um, long story short, it, it wasn't fun. So I would never stay that consistent with it. So, you know, I probably don't do the most optimal stuff. Uh, I probably could get better at this or that, but you know, 
I enjoy doing it. So I do it every day. And I, I really, I think consistency and your nutrition is, is the most important part anyway. Yeah, to- totally agree. I, you know, unless you're training for like a very specific event or yeah, like, like you, you know, you're trying to like run the fastest 100 meter sprint or like you're running for a marathon or whatever. It's like, whatever you're going to do, that's going to get you doing it every single day. And that isn't going to get you beat down. And that it's just like going to be a good consistent workout for you to do. That's probably what's best for you. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, if you were consistent in whatever it is, if you're like brand new to working out and you just consistently walk every morning, cause that's what you want to do or whatever. Um, I think, you know, you build that habit and it gets so ingrained in you that you do it every day. And then at some point you're like, I, I want to step it up. And then you step it up and you start, you know, crushing it at that level. And you know, over time you, you end up doing all kinds of crazy stuff and you get super fit. I think <laughs> that's the thesis at least. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's working out pretty well for me. I saw you, uh, you have the suck fest Sundays. I haven't done one yet, but, uh, I'm thinking uh, about it. Those look you, rough. <laughs> They, they've been so like the one I did this morning, I completely made up. It was actually last night and I was watching, um, you called it's this terrible nineties movie called natural born killers. It's fucking hot garbage. Don't, don't, I, I tried it. <laughs> it's like way too artsy fartsy for me. So it was written by Quentin Tarantino. And I think it was like before all his big movies. So this is like before he was a director and, um, before like Pulp Fiction and all that shit. And so he was like getting a name for himself and it's just too, it was too much for me. It was like too over the top. Probably the kind of people who like, oh, I like cinema are the kind of people who like, like this movie, <laughs> you know, wasn't my yeah. time. Anyway, so I was watching that and I was like, oh fuck, I got my Sunday suck fest workout tomorrow. I got to make something up. And so I just made it up, but it was a pretty good workout today. It wasn't, I thought it was going to be more anaerobic, more like work capacity, but it really just kind of turned into like a grind that I just did for like 50 minutes or so. And that's kind of the idea of the the Sunday workouts. Oh yeah. I mean, when I saw 10 rounds and the first thing is, or 20 rounds and the first thing is 10 burpees, I was yeah. like 200 burpees. Oh man. <laughs> Screw that noise. Yeah. I get that. That's, I get that. <laughs> you can't get pumped up yeah. about that, Yeah, but you yeah. can. <laughs> during, during, during the week, I usually only do like, it's probably like a 20, 25 minute workout on average. And then one day a week, I try and step it up and do like a, a, a real, a real dick punch. Like my Sunday suck fest workouts. No, I like it. I think I'm a, I might start, start doing them. <laughs> how's yeah, right. the, uh, how's the, uh, the blog coming? How's uh, that keeping you busy? So for anyone listening to this, so this was, this was my timeline. I got out of the army in middle of December, signed out on terminal leave on December 10th. And my game plan was to travel the world be a backpacking vagabond until I start my MBA this fall. Well, I got a couple months into it and I was in mid, it was the middle of March and I was in South America and they started shutting down borders. And I was like, well, fuck, I can't be stuck in you know a third world country. I was in Bolivia at the time. Uh, while there's a global pandemic going on, it seems like a really bad idea. So I came back home and I was working on the blog like while I was traveling and then made my way back to Durham, North Carolina. So I moved in with my my sister and helping her out with her, her kids and everything. Yeah, I'm like a part-time, part-time blogger right now is what I'm doing. So yeah, the, the blog's been a ton of fun, man. I've, I've been really enjoying it. Yeah, no, I, it looks good. I like I like what you're doing. I think you got some really good, good stuff on there. Um, I, it seems like an awesome way to make the best out of a bad situation, right? Like I'm sure... You'd much rather be traveling in the Alps right now or something, but uh, no, I li- I like it. Yeah, yeah, and I was I was working on it somewhat while I was traveling, but my productivity was obviously curtailed by you know climbing mountains and getting drunk in Ecuador and you know more fun stuff than than writing. Uh, I was definitely working on it, but not nearly the same pace that I am now. And it was really just left the army and was like this this transition process is just kind of garbage and like the way the way i looked at it is oh, excuse me it's a, a beer burp right there some people like want to get pissed off at it and blame blame dod and say though this is bullshit they should have something better they should spend more money on this yada 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 i'm of the opinion that first first priority for any type of funding should go to giving people training you know bullets guns making sure they're ready for war like that's the first thing we should be worried about getting people ready to get out of the army or the military, it should be like way, way, way bottom on the priority list. So just knowing that like, that's not going to change anytime soon. 
I took it upon myself to try and, you know, fix my little tiny piece of the pie or, or work on it as I could. And so that's kind of the, the genesis of the blog. And uh, I'm an English major as an undergrad, so I like to write. I'm a weirdo like that, I know. Also, as a as a CA officer, man, I wrote a shit ton. Had no, totally underestimated how much I was going to have to write as a, a civil affairs officer. Um, so it just kind of like honed my my writing a little bit. So I was ready to do it. Uh, through my own voice when I, when I got out. No, I think it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I'm happy, you know, to contribute at some point or whatever, cause I'm all about the same thing of, you know, just making, making it better, making things in the military better for, for the people who are, you know, want to serve in some way, shape or form. Um, and making, whether it is their, their process for getting into the military and understanding, you know, ROTC, OCS, uh, the academies, whatever, or getting out and being successful in the civilian career. Because I think, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't understand that the better veterans do on the outside world, outside the military, the better it is for the military, because they're kind of like, whether they want to be or not, they're essentially brand ambassadors. Um, and they get to tell the narrative, you know, instead of, having, you know, the media or people on the outside kind of saying, you know, this is what the army does. This is what they're about. If they're successful veterans uh, who are able to make it into, you know, high places or into just doing things that they love, uh, they are able to, to tell the story uh, and not have it be captive to somebody who's just, you know, spewing their opinion kind of thing. So now I'm, I'm all about it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I I like that a lot. It's like a it's a flywheel that like once you get it going, it just kind of keeps spinning. And it's it's nothing but goodness for like I, I know when you and I first started talking about uh, you know working on this podcast together. One of the things we kind of connected on was you know if you're in the military and like you're still having fun doing it, then fucking keep doing it. You know, stay stay in and and enjoy and like keep serving and and be a good leader for those that you're working with and like do the best job possible. You don't have to. Don't don't feel the pressure to get out. Don't don't leave one good party looking for the other one. Is one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten. So like if you're if you're at the party and you're having a good time, then fucking stay and keep doing it. Yeah, keep partying. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just keep fucking partying. Like I got to a point where the army the army wasn't a party for me anymore. It wasn't it wasn't fun. Um, and so I decided to leave. But yeah, absolutely. We were talking about it, man. Like I, I want to go and do the best that I can and like put the best me out there for everyone to see and show them like, Hey, this is what veterans can do. And you know, these are the type of people that can come from the service and you should think highly of the men and women that are wearing the uniform and serving your country. No, totally. Totally on the same page. Let's uh, just to switch gears a little bit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. What are some things you're looking forward to most for when, you know, quarantine's kind of over. Ooh. So my game plan as of right now, all right, so starting my MBA this fall, just like you are. As of right now, it's looking like I'm going to head to Darden. That's like a 99% uh, assurity. Um, so Friday was my so we're recording this on Sunday the 17th, I think. Yeah, Sunday the 17th. And Friday was like my decision of, okay, like where am I going to go get my MBA? Um, so I got into Darden on the wait list at Yale and Haas. So Monday, I'm starting to look for apartments in Charlottesville. And like, basically as soon as I sign a lease, then like, boom, that's done. I'll take myself off the wait list, other schools. Um, so from here, planning to be stuck on quarantine for another, another two months. God, that sounds fucking terrible, but probably about like mid July. And then I got to, I'm going to head up to PA and uh, meet some buddies and do some backpacking. And then I have to go pick up a dog that I adopted and have now owned, but have never actually met in, in Pennsylvania and then go move into school. And I'm just, I'm, I don't know about you, but like getting closer and closer to school, I'm getting fucking excited, man. I really am to, to head up to grad school and do my thing. Oh yeah. No, me too. So what's, what's Warden said for, for you all, as far as what class is going to look like? Oh God. Um, well, they already pushed back preterm from the 10th to the 15th. At first they were saying, you know, we think it's going to be kind of a mix of virtual and in-person. And now they've basically said it's going to be all virtual. You don't have to be here. Um, for the fall semester, they haven't really said anything yet. Um, 
and for the deferment process, which everybody's been asking about, they basically said that, look, if you're an international student and you can't get here, we understand and we will, you know, in good faith, uh, defer you kind of no questions asked kind of thing. Um, and then for the domestic people, uh, it'll be case by case basis. You know, that's really where it's at right now. And I think just, you know, being in the Wharton vet club group chats and whatever, um, I think, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, I'm going to go either way, you know, especially given the job market and yeah. for a lot of veterans, you know, the transition and, and just all yeah. that stuff. They're like, screw it. I'm going. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the, the thought right now is, uh, you know, let, let's all just move to Philly, even if it's a virtual semester, like we will find a way to be social and safe, but mostly social, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. That's really kind of where it's at right now. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out. Did you see, uh, you see what Harvard was doing? Uh, so I think I saw that they gave people a deferment option. I, I honestly don't totally know. Yeah. So they're basically, they said, look, uh, want, you should make a leap of faith. Uh, you got into Harvard, like congratulations. Uh, yeah, you yeah, should, yeah. you should definitely come, but, uh, we understand if you don't want to or whatever. So between May 15th and June 1st, anybody who asks for a deferment will get it. But, uh, we cannot guarantee that you'll get deferred to next year's class. You might get deferred to two classes from now. So oh, damn. very curious. Yeah. I doubt they'll release the data, but I'm very curious, you know, how many people ask for that deferment. Yeah. Yeah. So here, here's like my thoughts on the, this year specifically. And this isn't even just like for MBA schools, but like all schools, all graduate schools, all undergraduate schools. There's a huge population of international students that come to the United States every year to go to schools. And like right now, schools are not wanting to disclose the data about how many applicants they're getting and, you know, how much those applicants are getting in, yada, yada, yada. Like all that information about admissions just hasn't been released yet. But I know specifically for MBA missions, you know, they've opened up all these timelines and like putting in additional rounds and like extended deadlines and like waived test requirements and like clearly trying to make it as easy as possible for people to get in. I think in about a month after all the kind of the final deadlines hit, it's going to be like, Oh my fucking God, no one's going to be here this summer, <laughs> this fall, yeah, you know? And it's going to seem just like total madhouse craziness. Cause I just saw some, uh, yesterday as well that trump is starting to look at uh there's this program called the opt and i can't for the life of me remember what it stands for but it's basically like the the job program where if you're an international student you come to the united states get a a job and gives you like an extended chance to live in the united states and work after your education and he's looking at doing away with that all in an effort to try and increase job opportunities for american citizens interesting yeah, but like that could significantly impact how many international kids come over to the United States to get to get an education. Oh yeah, no, no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, I remember perfect. I was uh, post deployment. I took uh, a trip to Europe with some friends, and I was in uh -huh. Madrid. And I was, you know, me and my friend made became friends with these Polish kids, and um, one of them was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm." I'm uh, she was in college, I think, like back half of college. And was like, you know, I really want to uh, do an internship in the U.S. this summer, but it's just so hard with the uh, given all of the uh, restrictions and all the visas we have to get and everything. And so she ended up. She was like, you know, I get all these calls from Chinese companies and whatever, so I'm just going to do that. Uh, I was like, that's you know, that's very interesting. I I never thought about you know, how difficult it is to go through the visa process for, for a lot of countries, even like Polish, like really, I mean, hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's tough, man. Cause I mean, on one hand, like I get the president's point, you know, he, he wants to protect American jobs, but you know, there, there's, there's always like the bouncing act of, okay, well, we, we still want to bring in like highly talented, smart people into the United States who are going to, you know, make good companies and be good employees and, and do great things for American companies. You know, that's only nothing but goodness, but you know, where, where's the cutoff between how many people you bring in and how many, you know, jobs you're taking away from Americans. And like, where's the, the bouncing point there? It's tough. It's tough. 
Yeah, no, it definitely is. It, that's a that's a tough balance to strike. Um, yeah. Anyway, you know, I'm not making my decision, so fuck it, someone else figure it out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I don't want that job. Somebody else can can figure that out. Yeah. Someone else can do that one. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, you, you you made your final decision on Wharton what like two weeks ago, something like that. I did. Yeah. So uh, for anyone listening, I, I got into. Round two, I got into MIT, Northwestern, and UPenn, and I had to, you know, I had basically a month to decide. Those are, those are pretty good schools, right? They're like, you know, not bad. I was, frankly, I was very surprised that I got into all three, like pretty much any of them, really, but all three of them. Um, so I was definitely, you know, it was a high quality problem having to decide which Absolutely. one. Absolutely. <laughs> but I was really between... MIT and UPenn just because of kind of the programs. I, I think I'm going to do entrepreneurship and maybe finance, like maybe a double concentration kind of thing. Um, and MIT and UPenn just were definitely the best for that. Uh, but I did end up deciding on uh, UPenn probably about probably about two or three weeks ago now. Yeah. Yeah. Right on, man. Dude, that's huge. That is totally huge. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. Like you were saying, it's it's exciting to the 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 opportunity to go up there and be around just such high quality, um, you know, highly <laughs> to use an army term, highly motivated people and professors and everything. Just be in that ecosystem, you know. I, I'm I'm yeah, no, no, no I, I I'm I'm totally with me. Like I was looking at, I was starting to look at apartments in in Charlottesville around UVA today, and. I was just like, holy shit. Like one, I mean, I lived at Fort Bragg for seven years. All right. I was either in, you know, in Fayetteville or Southern Pines for those who are familiar with the area. And holy shit, man, like I'm just ready to get out somewhere else and like live in a, in a real place and be able to like get out of an apartment and just walk to school and um, be kind of like a semi normal human being in some fashions like that. Uh, yeah. It'd be fun. Yeah. It'd be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, me too. And I'm looking forward to, you know, not being in an army town, like nothing against the army. I have, I've really enjoyed my time in the army kind of thing. Um, and I'm only getting out cause I kind of saw the writing on the wall of what you were saying of how it, you know, kind of gets a little less fun, especially on the O side. Yeah, um, yeah. but I'm looking forward to getting to a town where it's not like, Oh, let me guess you're in the army. Oh, let me <laughs> yeah, guess. Like, yeah. You know, blah blah blah. Where I can be genuinely surprised when I see people like, "Oh, what do you do? Like, what's your story? What are you about? Where have you been?" You know, uh, that that's one of the things I'm definitely looking forward to. Oh, dude, definitely, man. And I, I mean, so I'm I'm a single guy, right? And like I, for years, I've been dealing with the problem of like talking to women, and they're like, "Oh, where do you live?" I'm like, "I live in Fayetteville." They're like, "Oh, you're in the army, aren't you?" I'm like, ah, "God damn it, yeah, <laughs> guilty, know, right? <laughs> guilty, yeah." Now I can be like. Like oh like what school are you here from like well I'm in Darden and they're like oh cool awesome great that doesn't sound like you know you're a ridiculous human being who's gonna then you know deploy in three months or whatever uh, <laughs> yeah as it well, goes you gotta and you gotta look out though I think you're gonna now you're gonna have to look out for maybe some people who hear that and, and just see dollar signs <laughs> yeah 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 I'm I'm sure I'm sure that dynamic exists just like around military towns unfortunately you know you have the uh, yeah the chicks out there who are like, I'm, I'm sure there's guys like that too. who were like, Oh, you're a, you've been here for three years. Okay. So it means you're probably like an O one and mm-hmm. not former listed. So you're making, you know, X, Y, Z dollars a month and like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get up in that. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's, there's probably something similar to that around like, you know, top graduate schools. But uh, yeah. again, kind of a good problem to have sometimes I'll take it. High quality problem. High, High quality, quality problem. problem. High quality <laughs> problem to deal with. High quality problem to deal with. Oh man. Have you looked into, uh, kind of, you know, what classes you want to take, what clubs you want to join, what trips you want to do? So as far as like classes and trips and everything like that, honestly, no, I haven't until probably 48 hours ago, I hadn't fully committed to the idea of going to Darden. And so I hadn't really looked at the course catalog or anything like that yet. And Darden is also very, uh, the first year is pretty much entirely core classes. So it's, you know, very little room for electives. The, the one elective that I do know about in my second year would be, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's like venture, um, venture entrepreneurship or something like that. And it's run by this really cool professor who's known for being like extremely well-connected and you have to, you have to apply to get into the class. But the idea is that like you come in with a startup idea and like he 
kind of helps you turn that idea into a reality. And like, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. 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 So like as far as classes is what I've looked at trips, honestly, I haven't really looked at anything yet. What about yourself? You know, I started doing the whole figuring out kind of what I want to do add a little structure, if you will. Um, And I'm kind of still in the early stages of, Oh, you know, I've heard this professor is good. I've heard this professor. I've heard this class is interesting. Uh, I think I've been focusing a little more on kind of the clubs aspect um, Mm -hmm. because one thing I really want to do, or I guess, you know, a a key objective I want to do is not waste time. So, you know, whether I'm doing schoolwork, I want to be doing it with people. You know, if if I'm doing something fun, I want to do it with people. If I'm doing my morning workout, I want to do it with people. So just trying to figure out, how I can, you know, what clubs really interest me and getting a rough idea of, you know, maybe how many can I take on? How would this balance out? All that kind of stuff. I I really want to minimize as much as possible the, the Instagram time or the, uh, you know, just sit and watch a movie time. I I want to be, frankly, I just want to, I just want to soak it in. I want to soak in that NBA experience. Yeah, I'm with me. It's two years and it goes fast. That's kind of where we're at with that. Trips I haven't looked at yet, but from everything I've heard, you know, most people are gone most weekends and just going all over the place, which I I love traveling. Uh, So I'm very excited about that. Um, But I don't have any like, oh, I'm going to do the xyz trip and then I'm going to, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's too much. That's That's too planned out in my life right now. So like we're, I'm kind of curious, man. I know I've seen some of your, your pictures on your Instagram from, uh, from some places you travel to, but like where have been like the, the top three or five places that you've been, been to in the last couple of years. Um, the top places, you know, I went one part of one of the places we went on my post deployment trip was, uh, the Azores, which uh-huh. is uh kind of Portuguese islands, basically yep. in the middle of the Atlantic. Uh, those were awesome. Like amazing. You just go, uh, kind of, you know, do a hike in the morning, go get some awesome food, do another hike, go to a black sand beach, do some surfing, uh, and then go back to the house in the evening and like kind of drink and hang out with your buddies and just copy paste that for like a week, uh, which yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Um, another really There's good worst one. worst way to live life. Oh yeah. Far, far worse. Life. Um, another good one was Greece. I really enjoyed, uh, went to Athens and Santorini just beautiful and the food is delicious and it's just i don't know santorini is probably the most picturesque place i've ever been <laughs> so that was that was a good one and uh i guess i ran it out with the third i actually really like going to vietnam yeah. uh, i went to uh you know saigon or what's it called ho chi minh city or whatever yeah kind of going and seeing the uh, the american war crimes museum was kind of funny yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. and just like uh interesting perspective and and you know going into one of the cave systems that they had built and of course you know they widened it and added more vents for tourists kind of thing but yeah. that thing is cramped and hot as hell i was <laughs> like you know what frankly like kudos to them for that that is impressive uh you got to respect it and then also went to um Kandao. It's an island off of, I think, South Vietnam. Uh-huh. And uh, again, just just beautiful. Just really yeah. beautiful. Good. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely want to diversify my, my travel portfolio a little, if you will. I, I've been dying to go to Australia. If you say you've already been to Australia, I'm going to be very jealous. Um, but I also want to hit South America and Africa. Yeah. I haven't really done that yet. I haven't done Australia either. 10 out of 10 recommend South America. I totally loved it. Um, that's, that's where I started my, at least like the international portion of my, my vagabond adventures. So I went to Ecuador, then passed through Peru just for a couple of days. And then it was in Bolivia and Ecuador and Bolivia totally love them. Ecuador one, if you, if you speak Spanish, I speak Spanish decently well, can like hold a, can ask basic questions and like hold a kind of sort of conversation. They speak a little bit, it's just more clear. It's a little bit slower kind of Spanish. So it was easier for as a gringo for me to understand. And then I went to Peru and I was like, I have no idea what the fuck you all are saying right now. It was like a totally different Spanish, but Ecuador was absolutely gorgeous. There was tons of great outdoor stuff to do. And then Bolivia was just 
it was phenomenal. It's super poor country, but from the capital city of La Paz, um, which is huge. It's like a two, I mean, I'm totally ballparking here, 2 million people, something like that. Hour and a half outside the city, I went and climbed a almost 20,000 foot peak, which was awesome. And then uh, biked down the the death road, which was also like an hour and a half outside the city. It was legit. Um, ton of fun stuff to do around Bolivia. It's like a not thought of adventure travel spot in South America, but it was legit. I loved it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, definitely going to add that to my <laughs> bucket list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like again, these man is you know especially going to business school is that like people people go to business school and they love to travel and so like I'm totally planning on especially like summer summer after graduation crazy to be thinking about that right now but taking just like a big crazy ridiculous trip with like a a group of friends from school and just travel all over the fucking place because why not yeah I mean this is the time to yeah. do it right <laughs> no yeah, I think for uh, sure, man. You know, something that kind of surprised me about the military in general was, you know, how few people really kind of enjoyed traveling. Like, I never really understood. I've never been yeah. there myself. I've never been to Korea you know, with the army. So I, I can't, I don't really know, but I feel like, you know, that's such a great opportunity to be in Korea itself and check that place out. But also, you know, hop to Japan, hop to all over the place. Uh, whereas I think a lot of people are like, oh man, going to Korea, like this sucks. Like, I don't want to go to Korea. I want to stay in America. Like, yeah, America's awesome. No, no argument here, but I just think you get so much out of traveling that, you know, you kind of carry with you for a lot. And it just gives you such good perspective that you can apply to any part of your life. And, and it Absolutely. just really surprised me that a lot of people in the military just didn't really see it that way. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm with me. Like, there, there tends to be at least what I saw was that there was a lot of people who just they had this like fear about it. That like, oh my god, you're gonna go there, and everyone's gonna mug you and and pickpocket you, and like you're gonna get stabbed, and you're gonna stay in a hostel. What? Someone's gonna you know drag you out of your bed and cut your arms off and feed them to a yeah. fucking rabbit goat or some shit. And I'm like, none of that stuff ever happened. You know, keep you keep your wits about you, take some ordinary precautions, but. I mean, there's, there's plenty of places that I've been to in the United States that I felt way more unsafe than I did in many places overseas. I'm, I'm of the general opinion that like, uh, one of the reasons that I think that I've been generally okay, and this could be a gross exaggeration or something, but you know, if you're, if you're a mugger or a pickpocket or something like that, like you're looking for an easy target. You're looking for someone who isn't going to fight back. You're looking for someone who isn't going to give you a hard time, right? Most military people, like one, you're probably fairly fit, okay? You probably look fairly fit. And you also just carry yourself differently. Like you you walk confidently and you know, your back's straight. You're like walking around in a crowd, like looking for stuff. Like that's just a natural part of being a vet. Like you just do that. And so just through your presence and doing that, I think I really truly believe that like that deters a lot of things from happening for you. And that's just the reason that like, you shouldn't be worried about traveling overseas. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. And you know, I'm really of the mindset that most people are good by nature. Yeah, totally. Uh, there are definitely bad people out there. A hundred percent, you know, and yeah, that's why the army is definitely necessary. <laughs> um, but and those, those bad people can do a disproportionate amount of damage. Uh, but generally speaking, I think the vast majority of people are good. And from all of my travel experiences, it's just amazing how kind of open and friendly and welcoming people can be. And, you know, how, how far out of the way they can, they will go sometimes for a stranger. And how much they get out of it, too, of that experience of, of helping somebody or of you know, just learning about you know a new person and a new culture and different way of doing things. So there's definitely the horror stories out there, and you know maybe there are some maybe taken is is true in, in some cases, but frankly, uh, you know I, I don't think you can live in fear of that. I think you you if you're afraid of that, you should be more afraid of getting in a car crash or something. You know? Oh yeah, totally, totally, yeah. 
bottom line here people go fucking travel it's awesome (laughs) get out there the world's dope get out there yeah (laughs) get out there the world's dope that's a a great way to put it done Done. yeah done (laughs) done all right so yeah. there's there's one last thing i want to bring up before we uh we transition to your your new project and that's uh uh tell me a bit about how the your stillers bridge internship is going you know it's it's going really well um i think i kind of lucked out a little bit in that i so i was able to find my own internship i went that that route which is um, fun that's awesome man yeah so I, i'm working at this or interning at this uh, software startup out in in Silicon Valley. It's called Apex.ai, and essentially what it is is they've got a lot of big brains over there who are building framework software for autonomous applications. So it could be robotics, it could be a lot of things. And frankly, they don't know everything it can apply to yet. Which is part of what I'm doing is helping um, kind of brainstorm where else it could apply and come up with a strategy for how to get into that market and talk to those players and, and build out leads and, and do calls and, and do that whole thing. So it's awesome business development strategy experience. And, yeah. you know, being a startup, they only have like 30 something employees. And uh, so it's very informal. You know, I talk to the VPs every day and they're also willing to do awesome stuff. Like there's, there's one guy there who they brought in from, from Goldman. Um, Super cool dude, probably about my age, um, who's you know was just crushing on Wall Street for for a while, and now he's doing the startup thing. And you know he he was willing to go out of his way to just walk me through kind of the licensing model, and walking me through you know kind of how to build financial models and what it entails and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, so it's awesome experience one because I'm actually doing something that has the potential to have a profound effect on the company and on the companies it works with and and really advancing a technology. Um, But they're also willing to go out of their way to, to help and develop me, even though, you know, there's no real gain for them from it. And we try to always make some kind of way like, okay, well we can understand, you know, what somebody who has no background in this would, would ask. And we can use that for like a FAQ section or something, but um, just the, the flexibility and, the willingness to to look out for me and, and help help me uh, is it's been awesome. Yeah, that's super cool, man. So what what Brennan's talking about is so like the the broader program that's called is the DoD Skills Bridge program. So if you're in your last 180 days on active duty, you can just go work for a regular company at no cost to them as an intern. Okay, so during that time, your job in the military is to work for this company. So like right now, Brendan's doing his and his job as a field artillery officer is to work for this startup in Silicon Valley. I know a dude uh, actually went out, went out to go do my, my school visit at, uh, at Haas. I met a Navy chaplain who is getting out of the Navy to go to business school. And he did his internship as a fly fishing guide for a nonprofit in Colorado which is just fucking awesome. So happy that someone found that and like took advantage of it. It's just so cool. But I'm curious as to like, like how, how did you find this particular company and how did you orchestrate, like turn this thing into a reality? You know, frankly, I, I knew I've always known I kind of want to work in the startup space, or at least I, I'm most certain that's what I want to do when I grow yeah. up kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, um, so I just reached out to people who I know who are kind of in the startup space and, you know, just start talking to people and asking questions. And then you get connected to this guy, you get connected to this girl, you get connected to whoever. Um, and, you know, eventually you, you know, somebody's like, oh, you should talk to my buddy Martin at this company. And, you know, he runs blah, blah, blah. And maybe he could use some help. Maybe not. I mean, you're, you're free intern. So that's a pretty easy sell. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just kind of talk to him a little bit he's like yeah you seem like a a cool guy who gets what we're trying to do so yeah let's, let's bring you on let's let's give it a sh- give it a whirl dude that's awesome man don't underestimate for like anyone listening don't underestimate how much just like throwing yourself out there sometimes like sometimes you just need to to run out and like draw fire and react contact and like that's that's like what networking is in a lot of ways like let me just start off and like message some people and see what happens and send some emails and see what happens and like try and, you know, connect them with this guy or that guy. And like, there's not always like a right answer and how to do it, but like you, 
you got to be ready to like put yourself out there and try to do it in some shape, form or fashion. So right on. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's all about, you just got to figure it out. You know what I mean? And I I think you got to, again, have one, have some self-confidence and two, just think most people are good. Most people want to for sure help you out in some way, shape or form, especially if you're also going to be there. It's not like they're not getting anything out of it too. Actually, they're getting a a free intern for three to four months. Like, are you kidding me? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Super easy sales pitch. Yeah. So yeah, I totally agree with what you said. You just got to get out there. You just got to do it. Just do it. (laughs) You know, it's like even through, even through running this blog, man, I, I had no intention of turning the blog into a, like a networking thing that wasn't my idea from it. I really just wanted to just write and put my thoughts out there, but through doing it and putting it out there, it has put me in contact with a number of people. I mean, yourself included, like that's kind of how, if I hadn't done the blog and just like made it happen and put my thoughts out there into the universe, then we wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. Um, And like, if you hadn't gone onto YouTube and felt the need to do that and like, put your, your, your experiences from, you know, Bullock and being a FA platoon leader and applying to grad school and all that shit, then no one else would know about it. And like nothing would have happened. And you and I wouldn't be here in this podcast, man. And like, that was the, those were the butterfly wings that created the ripple effects that now we are here. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's cliche or whatever, but I, I am coming to appreciate more and more that you just need to do whatever it is you enjoy. If it's play world of Warcraft, you play that world of Warcraft and you make a YouTube channel or something about world of Warcraft, Instagram, whatever, you know, and you just, you do what you enjoy. And it's, it's really funny kind of how the universe works. And all of a sudden you get, if you're an interesting person who's doing something that you enjoy, it, it's really crazy how you just all of a sudden start meeting other interesting people who enjoy what they're doing. And, you know, you have some kind of overlap or maybe you don't. Um, and just exploring where all of it goes and being cool with the, the, the unsuredness of, you know, I don't know where this is going to go. Maybe it'll go somewhere maybe it'll go nowhere, but just exploring all of that. It's really, I, I agree. It, it's just fun. <laughs> just interesting. Yeah, you know, like, uh, I mean, we're sitting here, it's, 446 Eastern Standard Time, May the 17th on a Sunday night. And I'm not like hanging out doing Sunday afternoon bullshit or something. Like we're recording this podcast. Why? Because it's kind of fun. And um yeah. like we just want to share our thoughts with other veterans and like hoping that we try and make your your transition from the military experience a little bit easier as well. But like it's just fucking fun, you know? Yeah. Like, did I ever think I'd be making a podcast? No. No. Do, am I sure that anyone will ever listen to this? No. Does it no. matter? No. No. It's no. just like something <laughs> fun, something interesting, something different to do, a new experience to learn from. Yeah. You know? So maybe it goes somewhere. Maybe it's huge. Maybe it goes nowhere. Either way, it's Whatever. it's just something fun to do. It's better than what looking at me. Well, I, I'm not going to go back down that road. But you know, it's better than you know <laughs> doing something that I'm not going to remember a day from now. I yeah. would much rather be doing you know something like this. I have a question for you before we transition to like your your new project and everything. Uh, so what what are you drinking right now? What's what's happening? <laughs> so I've got a a red oak actually, North Carolina beer. Oh, nice. I don't know if you've had it. Yeah, yeah, I love I love red oak. Oh yeah, it's delicious. They have a uh, they have a huge brewery. I forget what highway it's on uh i think it's on 40 but they have a big brewery right there and they i don't know maybe a year ago or so they opened up a a huge like outdoor portion you can like go there and like drink beers at the brewery it turned in for like more than just a brewery to like a, a place you can go and have beers anyway i love red oak i'm gonna sound like a giant douchebag hipster right now and that i i started off the evening with a as a tall boy sour I can't remember what the 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 name on it or whatever it was, but sour beer is a good sipping beer. And then and now I'm doing a uh, it's a wicked weed pernicious IPA. So yeah, bougie, man. so bougie, so bougie. Um, I'm a pretty equal opportunity beer drinker in that uh, I like a PBR and a Budweiser just as much as I like I like a uh, a nice a nice IPA or something like that. I have a saying that goes. Never get too good for cheap beer, but never get too cheap for good whiskey. I like it. 
I like it. A lot of knowledge yeah. in that. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe. <laughs> I probably made it up after a few beers, so you know, take take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, I guess more wisdom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's only there's only so much wisdom that comes from here. All right. So, I mean, tell me about uh, the life skills for soldiers. What's happened with that, man? Yeah. So, uh, life skills for soldiers. It's been a big side project. Uh, it's taken up a lot of time, but frankly, you know, it's it's been an awesome process so far. And we're just we're launching today. Actually, the video goes live in like two hours. So, I'm very excited to see how that goes. Um, but basically, yeah. life skills. Yeah, right. Life skills for soldiers is uh, it's a nonprofit, five hundred one c three military nonprofit that's centered around enabling and empowering military leaders to teach their soldiers life skills. So uh, how to make a budget, how to invest, how how to buy a car without ending up with a thirty percent interest rate or whatever craziness you know soldiers usually have. Um, and and it really came about from and when I was a PL, just seeing that a lot of soldiers had issues that stemmed from just a lack of life skills. Maybe they didn't get it from their school system. They didn't get it from their family or, or whatever. Um, and so they'd make kind of little mistakes that would quickly compound. And next thing they knew, they were kind of, you know, in, in a big hole and, yeah. and it, it would affect them in their personal life. It would affect their relationships and it would eventually affect their professional life too. And, and their capacity to serve yeah. in some cases. Um, so this is you know, a, a kind of a stab at alleviating that, and, you know, the DOD sees it too. I mean, they know that kind of, uh, debt or now a big one, I think is, you know, being overweight, um, yeah. is a big issue and their way to solve it is, you know, mostly to hire contractors, bring in outside people to talk at the soldiers. And, and from my experience, I'm sure from your experience too, you know, that it doesn't work. It just, the soldiers don't pay attention. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, who, who is this dude? You know, like, nah, screw you, man. Um, so uh, our idea is to use the train the trainer methodology okay. and basically create everything that that platoon leader, squad leader, platoon sergeant, whatever needs to go ahead and they teach the soldiers the life skill, how to make a budget. And they, they give a class. So what I would, what I did is we called it broadening classes, my platoon sergeant and I, I would give kind of the overarching class. And then we'd have a practical exercise where the NCOs would get with their soldiers. If it's a budgeting class, they would go through credit card statements, go through LESs and see, okay, this is no shit where your money's going right now. And here is what we're going to do moving forward. So it's not just this theoretical stuff. The soldiers walked away with a plan, something they could action and something that they were bought in on because they were part of you know making the plan and see why it's important. So- that's really kind of what it, what it's all about is just being that platform. And instead of every PL having to go themselves and spend, you know, I spent hours researching, making classes, making practical exercises instead of, you know, every Lieutenant Dubner out there, <laughs> all like what, two of them, uh, every Lieutenant out there having to go and, and spend all that time themselves and recreate the wheel. We make it, we improve it um, and we distribute it. And every time somebody teaches a class, we get that feedback and we improve it even more. And then the next person teaches, you know, so uh, that's really what it's all about. It's just about enabling those military leaders to teach those soldiers so that the soldiers can get better and learn awesome life skills that will serve them in the military, outside of the military, no matter what. And the military leaders get an opportunity to show their soldiers that they care about them as people, not just as you know, a soldier or a number. Yeah. Like, hey, man, like private, whatever. I, I, like, I want you to succeed, man. I want you to do well in whatever it is yeah. you want to do. Yeah. Um, so what, when we did it, when I did it as a PL, it was an awesome, awesome experience. And I just want to yeah, help other PLs and squad leaders and, and all that kind of do the same thing. Hold on, wait a minute. Time out. So you're telling me that you can keep contributing to the active duty military, even though you're not in? I know, all right? Wild. Fucking crazy. Well, if if they'll let me, if, as long as I'm not going to get like a lawsuit or something, which I, I don't think so, but uh, yeah, yeah, that would yeah, be a curveball. Yeah. No, th th <laughs> this is this is an awesome idea, man. And I, I know, like when you and I have talked about this before, I've said that I wish I had something like this. I had something like this as a PL. Like I remember giving a financial literacy class to my my platoon, and 
you know, telling them about like the the snowball method for relieving of yourself of debt. And, you know, I took like a an E4 living in the barrack, his paycheck, turned it into like a realistic budget, you know, included shit in there like going to Sharkies and Sharkies is a strip club around Fort Bragg because obviously that's where you're gonna go if you're an E4 living in the barracks. And video games and all the other bullshit that you're gonna spend your money on. But show them that like, okay, if you do all this, you're still gonna have some money left over. You can invest that money in craziness. As an E4 right now, if you if you keep saving, you know, keep saving like this, you could be a millionaire by the time you're 60. And like I just saw eyeballs popping all around the room. Like, are you are you fucking kidding me right now, T? Is this fucking <laughs> real? Are you serious? Like, like how, how is the program going to work? Is it like, like I go into your website and there's classes to download or like, how, how do I access this information? Yeah. So basically it's super easy. Uh, you just go to lifeskillsforsoldiers.org. We've got one class that anybody can download. It's the budgeting class. Uh, you can just go on there download it. It takes five seconds. Go to our courses, budgeting, sample class. Boom. You can download one, the presentation, which is uh, basically a PDF that either you can just give to your soldiers or you can project it and, you know, talk through it. Um, and a, what we call an instruction manual, which has kind of a, an overview of the class. Like here's, here's what we recommend the soldiers bring in. Here's about how long it should take, that kind of stuff. Um, notes for, for that presentation. And okay, like on this slide, here's kind of what you want to talk about on this slide. And you can use that to get yourself educated on the topic beforehand, yeah. and then while while you're teaching, you know, if you if you really are just drawing blanks on everything, you could read right off of it. Um, and then a handout for your soldiers to have, you know, during the class, after the class, you know, in a month from now, when they're like, "Wait, what was that?" Oh, boom, handout. I can check it out. Um, and AARs from other people who have taught the class, uh, so you can get that perspective. Uh, so it's super easy to get that class. And then if you if you're interested in other classes. Uh, we do have a we do require people to make an account uh, just because this is only meant for military. These classes are tailored for military audiences, and, and that's really kind of the audience we're focusing on right now. Uh-huh. So you just go, you make an account, you fill in some information that basically tells us it proves to us that you are in the military. Yeah, and then you'll get access to all the classes, and it's all free. I mean, it's a nonprofit, and you can uh, just download away. Dude, so like as you're describing this, I'm picturing a couple of lieutenants that I know who are who are like download these classes. They'd probably be teaching them to their platoons, and then be like, "Oh shit, man, I should probably take some notes on this. This is like some really smart stuff." (laughs) I have no idea what I'm doing with my money either, but uh, I'm gonna try and bullshit it for the guys right now. I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but like that's just like a personal thing that I have, and that like personal finances and money is like this weird thing that human beings, we just like can't talk about, you know, you're like more likely to talk to your buddy about the, the girl you slept with like last week or something versus, you know, what your, your checking account looks like right now. It's just this weird thing with money and no one teaches you anything about it. We just like throw people out into the world and say, if I can figure it out, man, I don't know. And yeah, it's, it, it's not just a you know a, a Joe problem. It's a it's an NTO problem. It's a officer problem. It, it it's an everyone. Like everyone needs to do a better job of like understanding how this how this shit works and like how it impacts your life and um, and how your 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 personal life can be just dramatically different once you have like a firm grasp on stuff like finances. Teach. So I think this is an awesome idea, man. I love it. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I, I agree. It's totally ridiculous about how we handle and, and talk about money now. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. We should be sharing, oh man, like I found this awesome high interest savings account. Like you should check it out. Yeah. Like that, like why do we not do that? I, I don't get it. But like you said, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But no, I I think, you know, I'm excited to see where this goes. And like like we were just talking about, maybe, you know, five people use it. And Okay, uh, not ideal. <laughs> like, sure, yeah. I'll put in yeah. a lot of work for five people to use it. It's not as good as six or maybe, seven, but okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was slightly worse. Yeah, um, but maybe it is a thing that is more kind of like army or military wide, and we can make a very, you know, real difference and, and improve um, an organization that you know I, I think is really important and that that we care about. If 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 you and like the guys you're working with, like even if you only affect one person, one person. If you find like that one E4 
who's like sitting in the barracks right now, who doesn't know fucking shit about personal finance or anything. And then his PL stumbles upon your website and like downloads all the stuff and brings it in and teaches it to them one day. And like that revolutionizes like that one guy's world and gets him out of debt and like gets him saving like a crazy madman. And now he's just like on a totally different trajectory in life. Then like, who the fuck cares, dude? Like you, you changed one person's life. That's a huge, oh, yeah. huge thing. Don't, don't underestimate that. Oh, and well, and I think more so than that is the ripple effect of that. Okay. You change that dude's life. So maybe, you know, now he can go on and change other people's lives. Or even if he just, maybe he was going to go down this one path of debt and stress and doing things he would rather not do with his life. And now he's able to chase his passions and, and come up with new things. And maybe, you know, that dude now has the time and means to start a nonprofit himself kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the second, third order effects of this could be massive. And that's really what's exciting is just how this is – these life skills are are, are like a, such a fundamental part of, of life <laughs> and yeah. how making slight tweaks there, you know, it's like when you're doing land nav and you're – your azimuth is off by a degree or whatever. And then, yeah. you know, a mile yeah. later, you're like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you're way off. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, that, that, that's, a, that's a perfect analogy of like, once you, like, once you get you dialed in and, you know, you don't need to sit down there to like use the, the, the land nav analogy here. You don't need to sit there and like look at your compass at all the times. You don't need to take your map, your, your map out like every step and you know, check yourself with a map and a protractor, right? But like, you get your azimuth, you walk on it for a while. Okay, you come back to it, you check it. Okay, good. I, I need to adjust like one degree here or there, and then you keep moving on. And then like, then you know what? You get to your goal. And I think you know the the life skills classes thing is really you know it's less the uh, okay here's how you check your azimuth. This is more like this is how you use a compass. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so but, I'm excited about it. I'm I'm curious to see you know how. Uh, how, how, how it goes, how the word gets out, all that kind of stuff. Also, I have to say, man, so you, the, when you and I last met in person, uh, socially distance, of course, everyone, cause we're in quarantine right now, but, uh, Brandon and I met and he gave me a, a life skills for soldier t-shirt and they're fucking dope ass shirts, man. I like them. Yeah. It's comfy, right? Yeah. They're super comfy. I've been wearing them a lot. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. No, I'm glad you like it. We, uh, one of my buddies from my unit here, he, uh, you know, somebody wanted to have unit t-shirts and he got, he got the shorts end of the, the short straw and had to design them and all that. And, uh, they're actually, they're super comfy. Everyone loved them. And I was like, Hey man, I'm trying to design some t-shirts. You're the guy, like whatever it is you recommend. Here's my credit. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, that was like one of the most important things that I learned as a brand new lieutenant. I had a really awesome company commander, still a dude that I talk to to this day, just tremendous human being. And he gave me this quote that I like always come back to that it's steal ideas selfishly, share ideas selflessly. And so like in the the example of the t-shirt here, right? Like this dude already did a great t-shirt. You don't need to fucking recreate that. Just go and find the dude who already did the good t-shirt and be like, hey man, how did you do this t-shirt and steal that idea? You don't need to come up with like the whole new idea yourself. You just steal the t-shirt idea that already worked and slap your logo on it and bing, bang, boom. There you go. You get your t-shirt. Uh, yeah, I like that quote a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely ignored it when I was trying to start this podcast and I was trying to figure everything out by myself. And, <laughs> and if I had just stole someone else's idea and read their fucking article, then this would have been way easier. But instead I tried to just do it all myself and put myself through a whole hell of a lot of pain for a couple of days and trying to like maximize all the podcasting bullshit that's out there. The way you said it of like, you just got there eventually, you know, it's not necessarily like how fast you get to the top of the mountain. It's just whether or not you get there. Right. And so like in starting, you know, starting this nonprofit and like me doing my blog, you doing your YouTube channel, us doing this, this podcast, like it's not how fast you get to the top, but it's just, if you get there or not. And if you get there, yeah. cool. Fucking A. Yeah. Hell yeah. So to kind of like wrap it up a little bit, uh, if people want to find out more about life skills for soldiers, it's what, what's the website information, everything like that? It is www.lifeskillsforsoldiers.org. 
Um, we've also got an Instagram, which is just life skills for soldiers. So uh, you go to either of those two places, you'll you'll be good. Right on. And then your personal YouTube, where people find you at? Yeah. So uh, you can find me on YouTube, Life of Brendan. Uh, I've got a lot of, I had a lot of Bullock videos and then, you know, some army advice and then some business school kind of application advice. Learned a lot on that. That could be a whole separate podcast. I'm sure you could too about the business school admissions process. But uh, um, yeah, Life of Brendan on YouTube or on Instagram. Couldn't get Life of Brendan. So it's uh, the life of Brendan. Yeah. Not let's let's definitely do another podcast specifically on just like the mba application process we'll make we'll, we'll put that out for everyone um by everyone i mean like the four people that are going to download this if there's four people who download it i'm fucking ecstatic but yeah I, I, some some it's like this the name of my site is the veteran professional and some asshole had already taken the veteran professional.com he's not even doing anything with it but it's out there and i don't know what he wanted for it but i wasn't gonna pay it so it's the veteran pro.com whatever hey i like it. it's better shorter more concise <laughs> I, I agree too. Shorter is typically better. Well, cool, man. Um, I think it's kind of kind of wrapping up the conversation for the night. You got anything else you want to say to the the four people who are going to listen to this before we take off? <laughs> no, no. Uh, well, thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, cool, man. Well, hey, stay safe this week. Yeah, you too, man. Later.